0: Hello, and welcome to Acting Lessons Learned. I'm Tawana Floyd, your host. Before I begin this episode, I want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing this podcast. If you haven't heard, the new currency is time and attention. So I appreciate you spending your time and attention here with me. Full disclosure, even though it was my idea, I was low-key dreading the creation of this podcast. I had to sidestep the notion of perfection, bypass my insecurities of sharing the vulnerable sides of myself, the doubt if anyone would be even interested in what I had to say. I questioned if I would stay consistent and if I was prepared to publicly expose my thoughts and experiences. And then I saw an Instagram reel challenge that goes... I have no idea what I'm doing, I just know that not doing it feels worse. (laughs) Every day that I didn't carve out the time to write and record my episodes left me feeling worse than the dread. So I decided to start. And right now, I declare to release all attachments to perfection and the ideas of how this whole thing will go. I commit to sharing my stories authentically and consistently. I surrender all and trust that my true audience will find me and support me on this journey. It felt suitable to somehow go to the genesis of my acting career to start at the beginning, but I was uncertain exactly where. Providence, in her divine glory, always offers direction. A topic came to me one night while perusing Facebook. I wish it weren't this topic. I read that my first acting teacher had recently died. Am I really going to start my first podcast with such a dark topic? Well, it's not really dark, it's pertinent. I stared at the post on my computer screen with conflicting emotions, vacillating from anger to sadness to pretending not to care. But the tension in my body showed that I did care and something wanted to be reconciled. Typically, when we learn someone has died, the natural tendency is to relish or share stories of the best aspects of the person's life out of respect. But what about the other parts? the times when the person isn't really kind or is a jerk or rude or abusive. Because we live in a dual universe, I believe it's important to acknowledge both parts of humanity and the departed. In this case, my first acting teacher. Out of respect, let's call her Randy. Randy was a critically, psychologically abusive Meisner teacher. Her teaching style affected my confidence and becoming a professional actor, or I should say, I allowed it to affect my confidence. And it took me several years to shed the ideals of unworthiness that were impressed upon me by her. I think anyone who knows abuse in any fashion understands no matter how empowered you become, you still hear the whispers of your abuser's words during the low points of your life, And for an actor who's constantly dealing with rejection daily, overcoming insecurities, we don't need the added adverse impressions on our psyches. I hadn't spoken to Randy since 2003. For about three years or so after leaving her studio, I resented her for her tyrannical teaching style. The impact of her tyranny resulted in a timidity in my ability to leave the nest, to leave her studio to start auditioning. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel ready. It was my resentment towards Randy that kept me bound to the damaging parts of my experience with her. Learning she had transitioned was an unexpected gut punch. I grew curious about what she'd been up to all these years. I'm sure she was teaching, sure. But what was the cause of her death? And I wondered if she ever got married. She yearned about marriage during the entire time of my training. I did what we all do these days, and I googled her. My questions were answered by a final farewell video she recorded before her death. But let's put a pin in that for now. Let's go back to the year 2000, right before I began training with Randy. I had a (laughs) short-lived modeling career, and my manager at the time somehow obtained an appointment for an audition for Men in Black, too. I hadn't taken any acting classes prior to that. I didn't know how to prepare for a role or even how to audition. I was not good. (laughs) I knew it. The casting director knew it. And I was incredibly embarrassed. Suffice it to say, I began looking to train as an actor after that audition. I found Randy's Meisner studio in the back of a backstage newspaper. For those who don't know... Backstage was a weekly trade newspaper. It's now online, and it provides all sorts of resources for performers, like performing arts universities and conservatories, audition notices, headshot photographers, informative articles, and celebrity interviews. Now, I can't recall what drew me to Randy's studio, especially since I knew nothing about a Meisner technique. Sidebar. The Meisner technique is an approach to acting developed by American theater practitioner Sanford Meisner. The goal of the Meisner approach is for the actor to not focus on themselves and instead concentrate on the other actors in the immediate environment. Sandy Meisner's definition of acting is behaving truthfully under imaginary circumstances. And the way to learn that was by repetition. Repetition required two actors to stand opposite one another and lob mundane sentences back and forth like, you're smiling, you're smiling, you're smiling, I am smiling. The actors do this for 20, 30 minutes. They cannot change the subject because they are bored. They have to wait for a legitimate change of emotion in the other person or within themselves and call what they see. And while it sounds simple, it is not. Meisner students learn pretty quickly how much we don't take people in when they speak to us, how much we're focused on ourselves, and therefore we miss the moments in our partner's behavior that calls for a different response. A practical device teaching the actor to read behavior instead of relying on what's said, because there's always subtext behind the words. I made an appointment to meet Randy in her enormous, beautifully white and pinewood void space studio. It was located in the garment district of New York City. Her petiteness and genteel smile relaxed my nerves. She probed me on my commitment to drama and informed me that she would be demanding, but that her allegiance to truth in acting would serve me in my formative years. She offered me a spot in her studio, and I accepted. Sidebar, sidebar. Have you ever watched Damon Chazelle's 2014 multi-Oscar award-winning film Whiplash starring J.K. Simmons? Brief synopsis. J.K. Simmons plays renowned jazz teacher Terrence Fletcher, whose teaching style is fear and intimidation in a demonstrative way. In the movie Whiplash, there's a scene where Terrence Fletcher goes apoplectic on his students. As I watched the film, I began to tremor and had to turn the movie off. It was at that moment that I realized I was experiencing PTSD because Terence Fletcher was Randy. While Randy never put her hands on anyone, her words were used to eviscerate the students, or I'll say me because I can only speak from my experience. The bar of excellence and her expectation for her students was consistently on 10. I trained with Randy twice a week from 2001 to 2003. It was brutal. I swear, we spent about a year alone on repetition. We'd do paired scenes and she'd yell from the sidelines. What do you see? Are you paying attention? Stop focusing on yourself! Look at your partner. Look at your partner. Are you fucking kidding me? That's not a real moment. No, that's not truthful. Go back. Do it again. Where's the emotion? Do you think you can be void of emotion on a Broadway stage? I realize now I probably should have given a trigger warning for my listeners who have had a Randy in their lives. Turns out there are lots of Randys, what I call trauma teachers. I think I just heard someone telepathically say, Tawana, why did you stay? Well, I stayed because I didn't know any better. I had one concept of acting, and that was from the movie Fame. So I assumed terrible behavior was the norm, and I accepted it. No one else in the class seemed to say anything, but then again, we were all new. I'm guessing we all felt this was the norm. There was one time when a new student stood up for herself and combated Randy. They argued like alley cats until Randy finally told her to get the fuck out. The girl was content to oblige, slamming the metal door that shook the entire studio on her way out. Me and my classmates sat on the sidelines, eyes wide open in disbelief that this new student... Dared to speak to Randy that way. Nobody had spoken to her that way, at least not in our presence. That episode was probably my cue to leave, but I was already emotionally invested at that point. I was challenged by the Meisner methodology, and because I bought into the idea that native New Yorkers are tough oh, I'm from New York if I didn't say that before I had convinced myself I could withstand the abuse. And I felt that if I'd left then, I would have never become an actor. So I stayed the course. After 24 long months of training solely with Randy, I simply learned to cope with her tirades, hurtful words, and manipulations. I subsequently understood my coping mechanism was attempting to perfect and manipulate scenes to avoid being reprimanded in front of the entire class. But that was a lost cause because reprimands were part of the curriculum and no one was spared. Pressure bursts pipes, and pressure makes diamonds. Thanks to Randy, I discovered I had a rich, untapped emotional life. The paradox of being safe to emote and feel, even though Randy was most times unsafe, is still uncanny to me. While I cried a lot as a kid, I somewhere in my adulthood translated tears as weakness or easy victim— Conceivably, because growing up in New York City, I recognized that vulnerability is perceived and was perceived as such. And predators prey on the parenthetical weak. So I vowed early on in my life not to be weak, fragile, or vulnerable, which is a whole other discussion. But in Randy's studio, I felt safe, like I could hold my heart in my hand amongst my peers. I could leave blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. I would viscerally scream out all of the pain I carried in my body. I could have out-of-body experiences dissolving into a character. And as long as it came from a genuine place, Brandy would lean back in her chair, folding her arms, legs crossed, and commend me with a light-hearted, toned voice. Good work, Tawana. Gently smiling and a glint in her eyes. Then just as fast say, OK, stop it, come back to the room which was code for releasing those emotions, sparing her the melodrama. I was the coal being compressed into a multifaceted gem. That pint-sized, blonde-haired woman revered the truth, and she was in the trenches with us. I didn't know it then, but I was being Mr. into seeing beyond the masks of humanity, noticing people's vulnerabilities, their insecurities and pain, as well as my own. I sometimes joke if the Meisner technique made me an empath. I believe I was born one, but I suppose I needed a diamond miner to chip away my tough exterior, exposing my feelings and validating their worth. After training with Randy, I was open. I was allowed to feel. Feelings are the actor's gateway to the core of the character. I suspect people become actors because we're given carte blanche to feel feel, in a society that is socialized not to. After the two-year conservatory, I was finally an actor. Yet, I was hesitant to start my journey as an actor. The impact of Randy's psychological abuse left me in a perpetual state of feeling inadequate and inferior. And just when I was about to re-enlist for another six-month term at Randy's studio, a reckoning occurred. She invited another student and myself out to dinner one night after preparing the studio for a play we were mounting. She was in a new relationship with the guy she really liked. No, she was in love. It softened her. The way she talked about this new man in her life, I was excited for her. She consistently told us about wanting to be married. I thought maybe this relationship was leading to that. When I arrived home from dinner that night, I emailed Randy, thanking her for dinner, acknowledging how happy she seemed to have met this man, and I knew how much she wanted to be married and that I'd hoped this was the one. <laughs> well, she mistook my compliment as an invasion of her privacy and responded with a lambast that distorted my intention. And I realize now It was my own unsolicited opinion, and I probably should not have said anything, but I genuinely was happy for her, and I wanted her to know. When I attempted to convey my intent, she stilled her stance. Only Randy could communicate what she was feeling at that moment, but I believe she didn't want to be seen. Unfortunately for her, she taught me to read subtext behind the mask, and I unknowingly wielded my capacity against her. And because this was the last lick for me, I met her where she was and mirrored her with a vehement response. And once you have words with Randy, you cannot stay in her studio. I have to believe this was Providence's way of advising me that my time at this studio was done. I believe it had to happen that way, the point of no return. I began to release my contention towards Randy quickly after leaving her studio, Divine guidance led me to a new acting home with a nurturing and kind-hearted acting teacher who cut the etheric cords of Randy's harmful effects. Shout out to Richard Omar in New York City. I haven't seen him in over 20 years, but I still remember him. He'd use Reiki to move our energetic blockages. I didn't know what that was at the time. I thought it was weird, but I knew physically I was having a breakthrough, and I knew that I was feeling freedom. And he allowed us to play and to discover. Now let's go back to Randy's final farewell message. I clicked play on a link, not knowing what I was about to watch, feel, or hear. Randy looked the same as I last seen her, except now she was frail from the pancreatic cancer. She spoke about the ineffectual chemotherapy options and how she chose to live her final days on her terms. Opting to forego chemo, she sold her house and rented a beach house by the ocean until the day she would transfer to hospice. She never married. She never had children. She became impassioned while thanking the students who had lifted her spirits by sending letters and video messages. She implored us to be bold. Then she spoke about how she left Michigan at a young age, moved to New York City to be an actor, but chose safety instead and worked in finance. How she took the leap and quit her high-paying finance job using the final bonus check to open an acting studio to do what she loved, becoming a Meisner teacher. She put all the chips on the table, and even though she never became an actor she aspired to be, she successfully taught actors in New York City, North Carolina, and Australia. Before signing off, she left her students these final words that I'd like to share with you. Quote, this isn't a tragedy to me. It's just sad and a little disappointing. So see if you can take some risks. Believe in yourself. Don't be a people pleaser. Don't be an asshole. But don't be a people pleaser. You know what you're capable of. And do your work. Show up prepared. Meet the standards of my studio and casting directors will trust you. They'll trust that you're going to be prepared. You're going to turn out a good self-tape. You're going to be on time to the callback, and that you'll do good work. Do not get sloppy. Practice your skills. They'll go away if you don't. Practice your emotional preparation. It'll go away. Do your particularization. Yes, it takes more time. It makes a difference. It takes more time to do that specific work. So you've got to keep using your notebook. Pair it with Sandy's book. And even as you go to work with people who have a different approach and way of working, it doesn't mean you still can't be using your Meisner work. Your Meisner work is your foundation, so you can layer on other people's advice on top. End quote. I didn't know that I needed to hear that. Once I left her studio, I never took a Meisner class again. I had teachers who would use it as a device to ground the scene, and I always hated it, and I would always make sure I was very good at it so I can get through it and get over with it. I still have my notebook from 2003, and it is full of great practice, full of information, things that I completely forgot about, the fundamentals. Watching the video gave me a deeper insight into Randy and why she was so dedicated to the craft. She was married to Teaching Meisner, and her children were all the students who learned from her. I hope she was able to realize that before she transitioned. This episode is my final farewell to Randy. May she rest in peace. May her legacy live through those of us who continue to pursue the craft of acting. My two years with Randy were not in vain. I learned to be a craftsman actor, to respect the words on the page, to behave truthfully under imaginary circumstances, and to be disciplined. I had to learn to be confident, but by trusting my craft was on sturdy foundation that is still to this day impenetrable, it wasn't hard to build my confidence. To anyone listening who has experienced psychological abuse under the tutelage of a trauma teacher— I hope that you are, or have, released that experience. If you're currently working with a trauma teacher, this may be the message to stop training with them and go get your confidence back. If you're in a conservatory or at university and you have to train with a trauma teacher, find ways to take care of yourself. Journal, pray, Palo Santo before you're in their presence. Speak to a therapist, write letters and use your voice. And by no means accept that you are worthless or untalented or whatever words they choose to diminish you. I no longer train with trauma teachers. It's not always easy to know that you're with a trauma teacher. It may take a couple of classes. If you want to know how I recognize trauma teachers now, you can visit my Instagram or my TikTok at actinglessonslearned where I'll post the identifiers I look for in Trauma Teachers. I hope you'll join me for the next episode, where I'll share the lesson learned in terminating an agent for the first time. And if you've learned anything new here, or you felt moved by something I said, please add Acting Lessons Learned to your podcast library by subscribing. Your subscription helps me make statistical impressions, which can later translate into dollars that will support the production cost for this labor of love. Until next time, follow your intuition. It always knows best.